Tomorrow, I uh, head off for the week um, to, to Minister Spring School. Uh, last year, I attended a, a similar gathering, but it was much bigger. It drew uh, ministers from across the whole of the United Reformed Church, not just our synod. And the, the main speaker uh, was the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams. And his talks uh, focused on, on women who had lived out their faith uh, and done uh, great service to others. One of those uh, women that he focused on was uh, a French uh, atheist turned Catholic uh, Madeleine Delbrel, uh, Delbrel that's it although trained at the Sorbonne she had great artistic skills great at writing things she turned to social work she turned away from Paris to be in a small town where um, she took a, a, a sort of civil service job uh, in social work and uh, shared love in the community that was there. But she carried on her writing. And some of the, the stuff that she wrote, she... Um, she wrote a, 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 a book of like proverbs almost much as you might get a little gift book in our motorway services today except um, much deeper and perhaps countercultural in her thinking uh, with a depth of faith and humility and uh, she put it into um, sort of the third person, viewing it as if written by a little monk. So uh, the book is called uh, The Little Monk. And I wanted to, to share one of the, a short nugget that's in here. It says, Prayer does not mean being intelligent. It means being present. Doesn't mean being intelligent. It means being present. As we um, start a short series on prayer that will be in May and June, um, Next week, when Dan's preaching, he's picking up um, part of this. We've got to be think, thinking to some extent of being present with God. Present with the one who is almighty. whose presence is eternal. We can also be thinking of presenting ourselves before God. And how do we do that? Is it with humility 
and recognizing our human frailty and the weaknesses that we need touched, the brokenness that needs mended. We can think of presenting others before God too, for it is a broken world that we've sang of this morning, a world where there's much suffering and pain, a world that longs for Christ's peace to break through. And we can also be thinking of receiving presence from God, receiving the gift of the answer of prayer. He answers our prayers. We have to recognize and rejoice when he does. We've rejoiced this morning about the financial situation changing as prayers are answered. And you think, well, that was us that did that, wasn't it? We put our hands in our pockets or filled in the standing order. Sometimes God answers prayers actually using the person that's praying. Be careful what you pray for. You might end up doing something. We can think of how God might present us, might give us a gift of a vision, of a word. He might move his spirit mightily upon us as we pray. Let's hope that he does. And so we see our hope come for us and for others in response to prayer. The passage from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians begins in prayer. Familiar words of prayer, perhaps, for those in Corinth certainly from a a Jewish background in their faith. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. It was a common way of starting prayer. A common phrase that said, it's words spoken by Abram's servant on first encountering Rebekah. Finding that wife for the son. And King David says it as his son Solomon takes the throne. Praise be. David also uses it a number of times in the Psalms. And it comes too from Daniel's lips. Before we get into the New Testament, where Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, sings, Praise be, as his song of glory to God begins. His prayerful song, delighting in who God is 
and what wonders he does and how he changes things in the world taking the struggles and bringing peace when there's worries where there's doubts when there's concerns on the way ahead God can change them when we pray so whenever we come before God whatever sort of mood we're in we need to start with that praise be giving glory to him delighting in who he is and all that he's done what a privilege it is that God who but spoke in the beginning has love for each one of us delights in us coming into his presence he always has the door open for us to come in he's ready to receive our prayers at any time always present but we are perhaps at times not so present Paul's praise be delights in God it gives glory to him but he does so much more so much more because he doesn't just say praise be to God praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ he pushes that forward he makes us know of the relationship between Father and Son it reveals something of the nature of Jesus which again is something we might get used to we recognise that trinity don't we Father, Son and Holy Spirit but the early church struggled it struggled greatly in thinking on who Jesus was and is and they had to get it fixed in their head because just as the religious authorities of Jerusalem had felt that Christ was simply another zealot who had appeared on the scene there were individuals in the early faith community who spoke of other Jesuses ones other than the one who was born in Nazareth fully human but also fully divine the holy one who had become present here on earth even though he'd been there at the beginning of time the one that came and experienced the full range of human emotions experienced distress and pain who witnessed life and death but having been crucified was risen 
and is now at the Father's side. Paul here wants us to think of God the Father and of the Son and of how we can know God's compassion and his comfort. It was in Jesus that the Holy Land saw how God could bring comfort to individuals. How Jesus, the Son of God, would reach out and he would touch and he would bring healing not only from painful illness but from the stigma that was often attached to many people in society that had found themselves outcast. By the Holy Spirit's presence, he changed individuals' lives when they came to him. And so Paul reminds us and the church in Corinth that God brings comfort through Jesus and through the Spirit. The comfort experienced by the leper and the blind by the lame and the woman at the well, by the hungry on the hillside and the children in the street. All were welcomed. That same welcome, that same comfort can be known by the people of Corinth and the people of Linfield. And people of every community across the world. If we turn to Jesus. Put our trust in him. Paul writes this from his own experience at the time. An experience that you would imagine is far from comfort. The difficult circumstances he's been through. Although he had been a man who at first had hated and persecuted followers of Jesus, Christ had made himself known. He had forgiven Paul his sins. And now Paul is the one who is routinely arrested and maltreated for proclaiming Jesus for speaking of life for speaking of hope Paul has known the comfort that comes from God and he tells the church that they may know that comfort we ourselves have heard in this place testimony about comfort. If you can cast your minds back about, must be about 18 months, maybe a bit more now, um, when uh, Helen Berhern came, uh, Berhain came and spoke of her captivity and how even on the darkest of days, she knew the presence and the comfort of God. And that as she and the other believers called out, he came close. 
and kept them strong through the suffering there was a comfort now Paul says know the comfort receive the comfort but he also calls on the church to do two things and the first is to to serve with God's love actively bringing change in the world you know, we, we've received this morning our child friendly church award it recognises the work that we do trying to open the door to children and young people that they may have a safe encounter with Jesus We've thought this morning of our finances and particularly related that to how we support our youth pastor to serve here and he also serves out in the wider community. We've heard a little in the video about the challenge prisoners face at the time of their release. What is their thoughts in their mind? And how people of faith have gone in to prison and challenged that and changed that. In each of these, we see something of the compassionate God, the one that longs to bring comfort, the one that responds to our prayers. The one that brings change in the world. Change through people of faith's action. We are to be compassionate people that see the kingdom grow and grow. As a different archbishop, William Temple once put it, the church is the only organisation that does not exist for itself, but for those who live outside of it. Beyond. The other element to what Paul is challenging the church is of equal if not greater importance it's to pray for the comfort of God to be known he calls for prayer for himself because he knows what difference prayer makes in his life receiving God's blessing that the prayers are answered So we need to pray that the world will be changed and come more akin to the kingdom of God. It's good to serve. It's good to bring change. But it's just as vital to be praying for it. I wonder if we were to look back at our week And think of how many hours we've maybe spent 
doing things related to our faith or our church life, the meetings we've had, the activities we've been to and engaged in, the preparation time for something happening. What proportion of our week, I wonder, would have been physical activity or being there or discussing? And what proportion would have been prayer? Whether it be by ourselves or with others. How much of our week is making ourselves present before the God who offers love and comfort to us and to others? Paul asks for the Corinth church to pray for him. To spend time with the great God who made all things and in whom all things are possible. Paul does this because, as it tells us repeatedly in the scriptures, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. When we come to pray, it's not about choosing particular words, intelligent words, phrasing things in a particular way. It's about seeking his love to be revealed more and more in the world, that the world be changed. So give God glory. He deserves it. Come before him. Lay your heart before him. And he will answer, bringing change to the world with comfort to you and for many. Another brief word. There is nothing to fear when you make a habit of wanting to save the whole world at all times. That's what we hope for in our prayers. Amen.